So welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the AB Sports Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by another Premier 15s player. Uh, she's a former Richmond uh, Saracens and is currently with Wasps at the moment. Um, welcome to the pod, Ellie Boatman. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. It is an absolute pleasure. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to chatting to you about your rugby and, and what are the next steps uh, for you going forward in your career. Um, it's very exciting because I think you're only 24 or 25 at the moment. Um, 24, yeah, turned 24 in May. So um, I like to think I'm still young in terms of rugby. <laughs> so yeah, it's still got um, loads and loads of years ahead uh, for yourself and um, it's looking very promising as well. So, um, but yeah, um, how's things with you? How's, how's your week been so far? Yeah, it's been a busy one. Um, it's nice though. It's nice to be busy again. Um, we're obviously in the swing of pre-season at the moment and I think we are about two and a half weeks out from the first game, which is mad. It's come around so quickly. Um, so yeah, back in the thick of pre-season um, and I work alongside as well. So um, it's just balancing rugby and life again. Um, but yeah, really enjoying it. Because I was looking at your schedule for the, for the next, um, for the new season coming up. And it's not an easy first game for you guys. Saracens at home. No, I mean, no, yeah. no, it's not an easy first one, but it, it gets you into it straight away. And, you know, it is what it is. We know what Saracens are going to be like, but you've got to step up straight away. You can't just fall asleep at the start of the season and, and you've got to get going straight away. So I guess Saracens will make us do that. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, there was a lot of. Um, People that watched that final between Saracens and Quinns um, yeah. for the title, and um, I think there was a lot of people discussing about how Quinns should definitely win it because they, they definitely deserved it because they've been playing so well all season. Yeah. Um, but Saracens were were the same pretty much. They played great all year. Um, you guys played pretty well as well. You finished in the top. I think it was three or four um, at the end of the season. So. Yeah, I think we were. I think we finished off third in the end, um, but it was really, it was really tight actually between the top four, um, which is good to see. You know, it's not just Quins and Saris anymore. Like it is, it is people really going for the top four places. So it's getting more and more competitive. I think each year. And I looked at the stats as well, um, and it said that you were the second highest scoring team in the league. Mm. Um, which was pretty impressive, uh, just behind Saracens with 650. So you guys, I think, got 648 points overall, um, which was pretty impressive. And I'm sure that more than half the points was down to Ellie Kildung and her sidesteps and scoring tries and corners and everything. Because <laughs> honestly, I mean, your back three players were, were really good all season. Uh, they worked so hard. They were scoring tries left, right and centre. Um and with Meg Jones at the helm at 10 and Flo Williams as well coming on, it was just um, an attack made in heaven, so to speak, if you like. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting back line. And um, I think there was a stat as well that Premier 15s came up with in terms of tries from the back line. I think we were the highest for that. Um, and Giselle loves, loves to say that, um, that a lot of our tries were really exciting tries from the backs as well as our forwards. We do have really good forwards as well. So um yeah, it's nice to, to be able to have an exciting back line. So um, what's the story then for next season? Are, are most of the players that have that played last season, are they still going to be with Wasps for the coming season? Yeah, um, in terms of like 
what we had with the backline and everything, I don't think it's too dissimilar to last year. Um, obviously, there's girls in and out with international, and uh, the only downside of having a really exciting backline is obviously the girls go off and play international fixtures, and some of our forwards go and have island qualifiers and things. So I think it'll be a squad this year that we have to rotate and have to use the entire squad rather than you know relying on our better players. Um, it is a squad performance for the whole year. Um, so, yeah, I think you'll still see some exciting tries and, and some exciting moves and things from us. Yeah, because I was just going to touch on that just briefly, because it's great to see um, a squad of, you know, 35 or 40 all together mm -hmm. um, in case, you know, players do eventually go on to play international uh, level and then some other girls or guys will step up and, and fill that void so to speak but then again it's really good to see a lot of, of players competing for places in the squad and and trying to test each other out as well during the week yeah exactly and and having the international girls like I've got Abby Dow in my team and as a back three player like just learning off Abby in training is so valuable for me so it does make the rest of us step up and and learn off what they've been doing in camp as well. Like they've just spent a month in camp together, um, training as an England team. So what they bring back is useful for us because we can learn off that as well. So having the international girls is helpful. Um, so yeah, you know, it's good to learn off them. And I really enjoyed um, you know advice like that when when I was younger myself. Uh, yeah. You know when when you play you know under 15 or under 16 rugby and then you've got guys who are older than you who have played or you're actually the same age uh, actually who've played first 15 rugby because they're they're strong and physical of, of playing at that level mm -hmm. and then it's the same as what you said they, they they learn from other people or other coaches and then they come back and then they can teach you a few things as well yeah exactly and you can always learn and also for them as well like they want us to be able to be at the same standard as them like they want the whole wasp squad to be playing how they are so it's only helping each other by them coming back in and, and giving us more advice and everything so yeah you're right it's useful to have those players so um we've got a lot of questions here uh, for you and i'm really looking forward to seeing um what your answers are going to be on some of them there are a few funny ones towards the end as well um but um Let's kick this off then, shall we? I mean, how did you get into rugby for the first time? Where did it all start for you? Um, to be honest, I was kind of born into it. Like <laughs> my dad, a lot of people know my dad. Um, he's a big rugby man. Um, so I think I started rugby at Cambly Rugby Club when I was about four years old. Um, so pretty much born into it. My dad's coached me, has coached my brother. My brother has played. Um, and my parents actually had their um, rings carried on like a velvet rugby ball thing. So if I hadn't have played rugby, I think everyone would have been a bit shocked. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of been in the blood from day one. Uh, I mean, it's probably a silly question, but did you have, obviously you played, must have played a lot of other sports when you were in school, uh, when you were younger. Um, at what stage did you feel that rugby was sort of that number one sport to go for? yeah you're right like I did at school I kind of I did a lot of horse riding and athletics and like I played judo like I, I literally did everything when I was younger which I'm really glad I did do because I think when you're younger you should just do lots of different sports and not just focus on one sport um and then when I was about 16 I actually took a break from rugby for about four years and then went off to university and one of my friends was captaining the uni team at the time and encouraged me to get involved did and then realized how much I enjoyed rugby again 
mm-hmm. and played for like the local team as well down in Southampton called Trojans and then kind of went up to the Prem from there and then I sort of realised so really not not until I was about 20, 21 did I think okay and now I'm going to take rugby a bit further but in my teens it was it was my main sport like that was pretty much my mum was driving me to training all the time um but I had other sports on the side whereas now obviously at this age it's kind of just rugby you can't be doing loads of other sports on the side yeah and you, you mentioned about how you took uh, like an early break at 16 mm-hmm. um I've heard a lot of people who've taken breaks in their you know mid-20s or early 20s just because they either don't they don't like the sport currently at the moment you know things might might not be going their way and they, they might take a break and then see how things pan out before they return um or even players into their 30s or 40s who, who eventually will stop playing and then end up going into coaching so to speak but it, then again it can be down to personal reasons as well so yeah, exactly. it must happen with a lot of people i guess yeah, it does. And I, like, I did fall out of love with it at one point. And I think it's important to kind of have that love back because when you're playing at this level, like obviously there are periods of time where you do have to motivate yourself and you do have to, you know, the dark evenings where it's raining and you, you don't necessarily want to go to training as much as other days, but you still have to have that love for rugby as well. Because once you lose that, it's, it's then hard to motivate yourself. So I had to sort of rediscover it, but I'm glad I did. And I am glad I took that break now looking back on it because I'm not sure if I'd be playing rugby now if I hadn't have done that. So, yeah. So, I mean, just before you came back after your break, mm-hmm. um, were there any sort of players or any coaches that sort of came up to you and were saying encouraging words to tempt you to come back and, and end up playing again? It was more friends, I think, at, at university who were like, oh, just come and come and try it and you might love it again. And I was like a bit sceptical. And then I think we played a uni game. And I think me and my friend both scored like a hat-trick each. And we had like, I just had this buzz that I hadn't had in years again. And I thought, actually, I, I do want to play again. Um, and then I remember sort of as I was getting better and, and playing at a higher standard, coaches being like, you know, you could you could take this a bit further if you wanted to. Um, so it was just, yeah, having that reassurance from people again. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes it takes something like that to kind of rediscover your love for a sport. Um, so just <laughs> mucking around at uni, playing a bit of rugby, that's kind of what's led to this now. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned about, you know, your close friends um, being there and saying those encouraging words, uh, which is so important and, and special for anybody who's been out of the game for a while um, and is thinking about what to do in terms of uh, what they want to do in the next stage in their in their life, so to speak. Yeah. So it's it's very good that your friends did that with you before you before you came back. So that was that was really cool. Um, yeah, and I think like some people almost think it's too late. Like I, there was a period of time where I thought. I haven't made it by like 2021 20, so I'm not going to make it whereas now I'm in like a totally different mindset where I'm actually like I'm, I'm 24 that's still young like just because you take a break from a sport for a while doesn't mean you'll never achieve what you want to do sometimes that's what's needed yeah absolutely I definitely agree um and I've I've heard of people who I know that have experienced the same as you I guess as well in, in that same respect um, and it's very tough. It's it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to to try and 
when you're out of the game for that long, then one one to know what to do next as well. Uh, it's, it's never easy. So, um, but that's what friends are all about. Very encouraging and very supportive. Exactly, yeah. So, um, but I mean, so you've you've played in obviously a lot of games uh, for the three clubs that you've you've represented so far um, in your in your rugby career. I mean, what are some of the some of the favourite games that you've played in that you've really enjoyed? Um, I'd probably say my first um, debut game for Wasps at uh, Bristol. We're uh, playing Bristol away, and was quite nervous and scored two tries and just the team performance was so good. The buzz afterwards, like it, it was the best first game I think I could have asked for because I was obviously nervous about, you know, as you are on your debut and being good enough for the team. So to score and then just everyone coming off feeling as good as each other was, yeah, a really, really nice experience. And then to be honest, I wouldn't even say like at this standard, like as I mentioned, falling back in love with rugby, playing like the varsity games at uni and things. Those are some of my best memories of rugby as well. Just playing with your friends and for the love of rugby. Mm. Um, and then also I'd say the sevens is also a big love of mine as well. So I quite often in the summer play sevens. Mm. Um, and one year we went to Dubai and we came second in Dubai and um, just the crowd and the atmosphere and everything. It's just, I think it's what you thrive off as a player, just having a crowd and a community um, watching you. So yeah, a few different memories, um, different reasons, but yeah. Uh, many of the viewers will know this already, but I, I, I wanted to say it to you. I mean, I used to live in Dubai for a long, long time myself, and I know what it's like playing and coaching over there. Um, the heat and the, I guess the, the environment quite difficult to play in as yeah, well it's unreal. <laughs> um, compared to you know somewhere up in up in Scotland or down in England you know with the conditions yeah. etc but um, great place for for rugby events and and uh, festivals and everything oh, it's, it's great it's brilliant yeah it's amazing and definitely say it's probably one of my favorite tournaments I've ever played in just mm. like people from all around the world coming together for a tournament and it just shows like what the rugby community can be like so yeah this is a great tournament um so we we talked a little bit about the three clubs um that you've you've represented so far which have been richmond um saracens and of course with wasps as well um just just talk uh, to us very briefly about how what the transition was like between the three clubs obviously first first time with richmond you then went to Saracens and now you're with Wasps. I mean, how did it all work? How did it all pan out? So when I kind of transitioned from when I was in the championship playing for Trojans, I spoke to Alex Osterbury, who was at Saracens. So I actually went up to Saracens first. Hmm. Um, and at my time there, I spent probably most of my time playing the development league when we had the development league. Um, and it was my first sort of insight into like the top level of women's rugby. Um, so that year was tough because I think it was just a bit of a wake up call of actually how much work I need to do to be playing at that level. Um, but it was like, it was really good to get a taster of it. And it kind of gave me that motivation to get better. Um, so yeah, that was a good year. And then I moved over to Richmond um, just purely in terms of where I was living and everything at the time. And just, I saw an opportunity basically to potentially get game time in the first team. Um, and I quite like chatting to the coach um, who was moving over there at the time. 
Um, so spent the season at Richmond. It was a tough one. It was a really tough one. But in terms of game time, I had a lot of game time at um, outside centre and wing. And actually, me personally, my development was huge that year. Just having to play against world-class players, um, it, it does make you step up and motivate you to be the best you can. Um, so, yeah, I was at Richmond and then Richmond's a very sort of old school club. Like it has a lot of um, history and, and the club is quite tight knit and everything. And actually my dad had played there years ago. So that was quite special as well. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it for the girls and the community there. And then obviously the next uh, three years of the Premier 15s came when we found out it was going to be the Allianz Premier 15s and then Richmond weren't going to be included in that. And it was a really hard decision because I knew I wanted to stay in the premiership, um, which meant leaving Richmond. So got in touch with Giselle and spoke to Giselle and um, she seemed quite keen for me to train. Um, so yeah, I went over to Wasps and actually the environment at Richmond is quite similar to Wasps, just in terms of the history and um, the girls there is quite tight knit. So um, really loved it straight away. So um, yeah, that's why I'm staying there this season as well. Just um, enjoy the community at Wasps so it's different to some of the other clubs where perhaps we're not quite as not deemed as like professional in terms of facilities and everything like that but actually the environment we have is something you can't necessarily create that just comes from the players mm-hmm. um so that's what I love about Wasps. Uh, that's good because you mentioned as well about how uh you, you want to get as much playing time as possible and that's that's really important for any any young player um, in the Premier Fifteens because obviously you've got a lot of talented players in each squad, um, loads of players competing for for places in the starting team and on the bench even as well. Um, but it's so important for a player's development to get as much game time as possible. Yeah, exactly, and like. It's, it's not even just the game time. It's where you see yourself fitting with that coach and that environment and how you're going to develop as a player and what, what's going to get best out of you. Because at WASPs, I get a lot of one-to-one time with skill coaches and things, and it's been so valuable to me so far. So for girls stepping up and finding clubs, I just think you have to really look at what you think is going to fit you as a player and as a person. And that comes from the head coach and the assistant coaches and everything as well. So for sure, game time is important, but the whole environment and the, the coaching setup as well is, is just as important. So who's um who's coaching now with Richmond currently? Um, it was Mark, I can't remember his surname, which is awful, but he used to be at Harlequins. Uh, and I believe he's at Richmond now because um, they've gone into the championship south, I think it's called. I'm not sure if it's the same as the men's. Um, but from from what I've seen with the girls and everything, it looks like they have some really talented players as well, which is really good for the Premier Leagues as well. Because if we can get the lower leagues below us to get up in terms of standard, then it just means we're going to get more and more young players coming through, which is really good for us. Absolutely. And that's that's what I like about all, all clubs in the Premier 15s, because they identify the youngsters who, who might then transition into the senior setup for the first time in the next, I don't know, three, four years time. Mm. Um, because you see a lot of players who are in their you know, late 30s or mid 30s who will retire in the next two or three years. 
And then you think to yourself, right, who can we take up to replace these guys with? Um, but obviously, um, you have you know, 16, 17, maybe 18-year-olds who have been playing so well at that level who then may get caught up into the senior setup if things go according to plan. Yeah, exactly. And then a lot of the, I think all of the Prem clubs, they've got their centre of excellence as well. So a lot of the girls come through that um, with the centre of excellence. So they are identified from a younger age. Um, so it's kind of transitioning them into the women's team. It is very daunting and it is a big step, but like we've had a few younger ones train with us who aren't necessarily going to be playing, but it's just a, get them into the training environment and, and see how they react and see if they can fit in. Um, mm. So I think, yeah, having, having pathways like that are really important. Absolutely. Um, so um, as a back free player yourself, um, how much time a week do you spend doing, uh, you know, unit skills? So say, for example, you, you go into a small group with the rest of the back free players how much time do you get to do that each week? Lean, lean up to game day, for example. It depends on, on work schedules and things, but I try and go, we, we quite often have quite a bit of Monday daytime training. Um, and it's not necessarily back three, it's kind of backs in general, but we'll have like a half an hour, 45 minute handling session. Um, and then we might do some tackling and then we might do like half an hour of kicking, say, and that'll be on a Monday. And then, Tuesday, if you can get there earlier, um, again, there might be a 45 minute skills session. So we have little, Giselle likes to say like little and often, if you can on most days, so probably three, four days a week, if you can get there, there are some sort of skill session on offer um, for the back. So yeah, I usually try and team up with like Abidal or, or someone in a similar position to me so that we can do similar skills like kicking and passing. Um, so yeah it's really good that we have that because I've never really had that level of coaching on offer to me before um, I've been at Wasps. Um, to any Wasp supporters out there who yeah. might be watching this episode um, who would you say are the players to watch for next season? I can't reveal one because it hasn't been announced yet but all I would say is keep an eye on signing soon. Mm. Um, I think people might guess because of recent social media things, but that's all I can say at the moment. Mm. Um, and then I think our nine, Claudia McDonald, she's always such an exciting player. Um, obviously, like I've mentioned, Abby Dow. Uh, and then I think for in terms of the 10 position, um, just because of international duty and everything, I think keep an eye out for Flo because I think she's going to have a great season and just more experience at that 10 position. I think she can be such a good player. Um, so, yeah, it's a few, but definitely keep an eye out for a, for a signing soon. <laughs> well, when I saw Ellie, Ellie Kildun's transfer over to Quinn's, I was yeah. like, they've got a real speedster there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those people you think, oh, I don't really want to defend against her because you don't really know where she's going to go or what she's going to do. Um, but, you know, like I said, she's she's gone and done what's best for her development and where she thinks she's going to grow. And that's really important as a player. So um, it'll be exciting to play against her, but slightly dreading it as well. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of, um, of tough players who are in the same competition, I mean... 
uh, I've probably asked this question several times before in the past, but in your opinion and your time competing in the Premier 15 so far, who do you think are some of the toughest teams you've played against or players, in fact? Harlequins is always a really tough one um, just because, you know, they're always going to turn up. Um, and I think their backs are always, you know, such good players like Jess Breach and, and just the class they have. And even their forwards, you know, they have Shauna Brown and some really impressive England forwards. So Quinns is always a hard game. Um, I actually think there's a few teams that you can never underestimate. Like I think Worcester have always turned up. Um, in certain games, they surprise people. Like right at the start of last season, they were their game with Saracens. Right at the start was such a close game. Um, so I just, I just don't think you can underestimate any team, particularly with signings this year and people movements around the club. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't pinpoint it down to one team. I think, I think we just can't underestimate anyone. Um, but yeah, I guess Harlequins with Jess Breach. Uh, Loughborough always have impressive backs as well. Um, Saracens, you know, they've got Sarah McKenna and, and some speedsters there. Um, so no game is ever an easy game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's, the, that's the one point I was mentioning before in a lot of other podcasts about how, um, say, for example, this season, I mean, DMP were, were last in the league, even though they played some really good rugby, really good competitive rugby. Um, Bristol, I think, were seventh in the table out of 10. Um, and there were some other teams. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, I kept saying about how not every team is easy to play against. Um, it's very difficult. And you could you could end up uh, playing against a, a really good de defense and a really good attack as well. So, um, and nobody should be written off. No, well. exactly. And, and so much changes within the season as well. And Rugby, unfortunately, is a sport where there's lots of injuries and sometimes it can take a few injuries to really change up a squad. Um, so, you know, anything can happen in the season. You just have to be prepared for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we, you spoke about a little bit about um, Giselle Maver as well. I've heard really good things about Giselle. Um, same with Alex Osterbury as well at Saracens. Um, two top quality coaches there in the league. Um what are they like compared to some of the other coaches that you've you've played under before in the past? I think that at this level, you have to be to coach at this level. Like you just have to be completely different kettle of fish to sort of the community level, just because you are dealing with that top level athletes and most people are full time. OK, a lot, quite a few of us work. So that competitive edge obviously is in these coaches, like they're here to win, they're here to perform. Whereas I guess at a slightly lower down community level, they have to take in consideration more like enjoyment and the fact that everyone has full-time jobs and everything. Um, so they can be quite ruthless at times, but only because they have your best interests at heart or the team even, they're there to win. Um, Giselle and Alex are very different. Um, and I think... I, I do quite enjoy having a female coach as well. I've never had a female coach before Giselle. Um, but yeah, I, I do quite enjoy it. She's crackers. Like <laughs> she has all these crazy ideas and like we, we've got a preseason tour next week and it already sounds absolutely nuts. Um, but her enthusiasm towards rugby and all of us as players individually um, 
it's like it's incredible to have as a coach um and that's why I really value her as a coach because she does just want the best from all of us mm. uh so yeah uh, you always see Giselle sort of on her stand at the side of the pitch uh screaming her heart out but she's a very passionate coach and then Alex obviously he has had two premiership champion teams now with Saracens so his his attention to detail with players and everything he is there to win and um he sort of says what he thinks and everything so yeah two very impressive coaches and have had very successful teams both in the top four now I've never I'm just like you I've never had a female coach ever who's coached me before in the past uh but if say for example I if I was still playing which I'm not at the moment which is quite disappointing but if um if I was still playing I would I wouldn't mind having a female coach as well uh because I've had a lot of male coaches that have worked with me before in the past but never never ever a female coach um which is quite surprising actually to be fair yeah Uh, hopefully it will hopefully we will see it more because our forwards coach also is LJ. So we have we have two females in the coaching um, team. Um, and like Giselle played herself and she's been there and she understands. So hopefully we can see more ex-players transitioning into coaching roles um, and not just predominantly male roles. Because they obviously they do they do bring experience and they're really good at their jobs, but it would be nice to see more female coaches coming through. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I would like to see that in the next, you know, five years or even before that even as well. Yeah. So um, it'd be really good for the game uh, going forward. So um, now we all know you as a winner, but you've also played outside centre mm-hmm. as well. Um, what, in your opinion, what are the most challenging things about playing those two positions? I find wing more difficult in terms of defense um just because as a back three most people know like the pendulum system you have and just protecting that backfield and now especially kicking is coming a lot more into the game so actually being exposed in that backfield is quite a real problem now so as a winger I feel like sometimes you have to make big decisions in terms of um, where to stand in defence whereas at outside centre it's kind of like that man is is yours but you, you kind of are just one-on-one man marking and like occasionally you have to make those decisions but I feel like not quite as much as when you're on the wing mm. um, and then sometimes on the wing you have to go looking looking for the ball if it's a game where the weather's absolutely awful and you know it's the forwards are seeing the ball a lot more than the backs then you've got to go looking for it to try and get involved. So you can have quite a quiet game as a winger and sometimes you'll see the ball a lot more at 13. Um, but I enjoy both positions in different ways. Um, but yeah, well, I, I don't know where you'll see me yet this season, but um, yeah. yeah, hopefully on the wing. <laughs> yeah, um, because we all know you in that that primary position as a winger. Yes. Um, but if we if we're talking about because I mean I I played wing once before in my career and uh well not career but yeah um everyone knows what I'm talking about um but basically I played wing once and I found it very stressful because the ball mm-hmm. never came my in my direction mm-hmm. so and it's just as you said you've got to, yeah. you've got to look to to get into the inside of the pitch and look look to 
to try and get your hands on the ball as much as possible um yeah yeah you do have to go looking for it sometimes like you can't just stand wide and expect for it to come every time and you do you do have to sort of spot opportunities um so there's a bit more problem solving i think at times but, um, um yeah, yeah. I, I do enjoy being on the wing uh, well absolutely yeah because um i mean i was looking at this video that he did with the women's rugby show about ultimate team and it was brilliant uh because you were going through each stat um every two or so minutes and it came to i think it was speed and i think it was correct me if i'm wrong but it was about 80 or 81 you put on there on the card oh, i think I, I think something like that this was uh, last year in in the first lockdown i think we did this so after i'd been at richmond uh and when we were doing it then yeah i think it was something in the 80s for speed yeah and i i think that's that's uh, pretty good as well because you you are in that 80 80s category let's let's put it that way uh because there's some real good speedsters at, at wasps and i think you're one of them as well so because i've seen you play with wasps as well mm-hmm. um and uh yeah it, like we, we talked about it before about how it's so challenging being a winner because you're going to try and look for work as much as possible and it's never easy so um but outside center i've never played outside center before um but i've heard you've got to have a bit of speed as well um, yeah like you can still showcase your speed at 13 um like some of the quickest players in the men's league are playing at 13 um so you still get an opportunity to show that it's just i think everyone just associates with speed being on the wing yeah absolutely um now obviously we talked a little bit about how you've got saracens coming up that first game of the league um never easy with with a top team like Saracens in your first first competitive game of the season um but it's really it's really exciting with all the all the transfers that are happening in the market with loads of clubs etc um all the prep work because I'm seeing behind the behind the scenes footage of of every club doing their their warm-up preparations etc for the new season coming up um What's the mood in camp like with you guys? I mean, are you, are you guys feeling positive ahead of this game? Uh, what's what's happening with you guys at the moment? Yeah, su- surprisingly, like, calm, considering it's come around so fast. But I think there is a really, like, positive mood in camp at the moment. Um, just after we had, like, the England girls coming back, just finally coming together as a squad. Um, yeah, it, it's nice to have everyone back together, and I think everyone's just excited for the season ahead. Like there's a lot of opportunity this year to play and for the whole squad to play, especially with this Prem Cup in. Um, so yeah, it's been really positive to be fair. And then we've got a pre-season fixture next week um, down in Exeter. So um, we'll see how that goes. It might be a different mood afterwards, who knows? <laughs> well, it's, it's really good to have these pre-season games because then it gets you in the right frame of mind before the new season starts. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and it gives a chance for all the coaches to have a look at you guys and see see what level you guys are at currently and then seeing what type of changes they can make leading up to a new season um, and seeing how well you can gel together as a squad as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Particularly when you have new people coming through or, or even long-term injuries. Like there's a few girls who were in the squad last year who didn't perhaps play as much as they wanted to, including myself. I had a... a fairly big injury um, and they're coming back in. So just to see them play again and, and like you said, how we gel as a squad, how these different players gel together as one team. So yeah, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, now, 
what is your favorite type of music? Do you, do you like to listen to a particular song uh, in camp during the week? Um, say, for example, if you were in a gym or even on game day, that one song that you love to listen to? I'm such a like mix when it comes to music. I'm not very good at the person choosing the music if we have a speaker out. Uh, I leave that to some of the other girls, but I like a mixture of music, to be honest. Anything that upbeat for game day, I will generally put on. Um, and then, to be honest, on the way back from training, I like sort of acoustic music and stuff to chill me out because it is important to get away from rugby sometimes and just to switch off and music helps me do that. Um, but for game day, oh, I couldn't pick like a certain. I love um, music like Disclosure and, and stuff like that for game day. Um, nice. Nothing too heavy. <laughs> no, no, nothing too complicated. Um, yeah. Disclosure, yeah, great artists, yeah. Um, I have a couple of songs from them as well on my phone. So, um, but um, who, who plays a track or a playlist that you think to yourself, oh God, I wish just wish that wasn't on, you know? <laughs> um, so towards the end of last season and particularly in the semi-final, mm. there's a song called Let's Get Loud by um, Jennifer Lopez. I think right. it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Giselle like made a video to everyone's different playing clips and throughout the season to that song. And it got played constantly in the changing rooms and um, even in games leading up to that. So whenever that comes on my playlist, I have to turn it off because I just associate that with just rugby days. Uh, and you know when something just gets played so much, <laughs> makes yeah. you feel a bit sick when it comes on. Yeah, that was definitely yeah. the one song. You just feel like, oh God, just switch it off. Yeah, yeah. Just of that. <laughs> yeah I don't want to hear that outside of rugby. <laughs> it's great, but if it's on a loop, it's just... Yeah, no. <laughs> um, now... What is the other position you would love to play in that you've not tried before? Oh, I don't, I don't think I'm suited to it, but I, just in terms of how I play and, and my passing and everything, but I think um, scrum half is such as like a cool position in terms of opportunity, like to snipe and, and box kicks and things. I think if I, retrained myself as a youngster perhaps I would have looked at something like scrum half um mm. I'm not going to change to that at all anytime soon <laughs> um I just think it's quite a cool position on the pitch it is yeah because you literally everywhere on the park yeah exactly you can control the game so much you have such an influence on the game mm. um and we do have some really talented nines in our league like Claude at, at Wasp we're fortunate to have Claudia yeah um, but I've also heard before that um, there's a lot of nines, not in the Prem 15s, but in amateur rugby that love to have a, a chat with the ref. <laughs> small man syndrome, isn't it? There's yeah, a smaller yeah. player on the pitch usually, so you know, <laughs> they love to try and be a bit louder. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. Because you hear those conversations between nine and, and, the, and the referees, and it's generally quite interesting. Uh, yeah discussing about anything not just rugby like you know they'll generally try and be the most annoying player on the pitch which you know <laughs> more like that's given that scrum half yeah yeah um but yeah um i i, I don't think i ever played scrum half no no i don't i don't have the skill uh, skills to play nine but uh no i don't either it's just it's just something where i think oh that would have been quite cool if i'd been good enough to play there <laughs> yeah yeah sure 
Um, now, there's probably a lot of girls watching this episode and wanting the answer from this, but who is the funniest teammate in the squad? Uh, <laughs> we, do, we do have some interesting uh, characters. Mm. Um, there's a girl on our squad called Misa Evans. She is hilarious and will usually crack some sort of sarcastic joke. Um, Meg Jones is a big character, very funny. Uh, so, yeah, I think those two are pretty funny in our squad. But, yeah, we have lots of different personalities and sometimes someone who's a bit quieter will occasionally crack a really funny joke and you don't realise that actually how funny they are. Um, so, yeah, lots of different personalities, but I'd probably say Nita and Meg are, are up there. Who's the most serious in the squad? I feel like Kate has to be as captain, but Kate can also have a really good time and be really funny as well. Um, yeah, I feel like I have to say that because she's captain, so probably I'd go with Kate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's doing such a great cap, uh, capacity job with, with the squad. Um, in, you know, because I was watching the games last season and even though you lost some of the games but won the majority of the others, um, she was still trying to encourage as many players in the team to just keep going forward and keep pushing themselves and, and try to stay as positive as possible. Um, yeah. And I think Kate did a really good job of, of that um, last season. And she'll do the same again uh, next season, I'm sure. Honestly, I don't know how she comes up with her team chats, but like she'll just suddenly think of the most like motivating stuff to say. And I'm like, I could not think of that on the spot, but she just seems to be able to do it. And she is a really good natural leader. Um, and everyone really respects her. And that's what you want from your captain, especially when you're down at half time sometimes you just need to hear it how it is and she's great at that so yeah um it's great to have her as a captain um now what are your favorite pair of boots to wear what's the favorite brand of boots that you love to wear i'm definitely an adidas boot person i don't think i've ever had i, I think i've strayed to nike or um, i think under armor once and i think i went back to adidas straight away so i do do love adidas boots I had some for summer, which are, they're, they're really, they're like the ghost light ones, I think they're called, but they're really thin, but I love them, especially when you're someone who, who tries to rely on their speed, like you don't want to have really heavy boots. So um, yes, Adidas boot girl. <laughs> now I'm actually looking for new boots for next season. Which ones would you recommend? Adidas, you've just got to, you've got to mm. stick with them. Yeah. Even some, they're bringing back some of the old school ones, some of the really nice old school leather looking ones, like. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and have a look at those. <laughs> nice, nice. I've got to give them a, um, a look then. Absolutely. Because um, I, was, I was thinking to myself, should I get Adidas or should I get um, Nike? Nike or, or um, Puma boots as well? Because I've seen that. Yeah, quite... some people really like Puma. Um, I just think when you find a brand you like and how they fit, you just you stick with them. And Adidas haven't let me down so far. So I'm <laughs> going to be sticking with them. Nice, nice. Um, what is your uh, go-to gym exercise? What's that one exercise you love to do in the gym? Mm, oh, I love so many different exercises, particularly as I like PT myself. Like I do love the the gym side of rugby as well um, and training. I'd probably say something like deadlifts. I do love deadlifts and and just generally stuff that involves strength. 
Um, yeah, I'd probably say deadlifts. Nice. Um, and how, what um, sort of pre-match rituals do you have, if any? Pre-match rituals. Mm. I try, so I try not to have too many things that are the same each time because I always think there'll be that one day that you've forgotten a particular socks or something and you panic because you've not had it. Um, so I just think my pre-match ritual is just having the same sort of breakfast, getting up at the same time, doing my same stretching, making sure my bag's ready the night before. So there's nothing in particular, just because I'm a little bit superstitious about that. Mm. Um, yeah, I just don't like to be panicked. <laughs> so knowing where everything is. Because a lot of players, from what I've seen, they like to put their, for example, they like to put their left boot on first rather than their right. Yeah. Or they like to... Um, uh, tape up their, their left wrist instead of their right wrist with tape. Uh, you know, it could be anything, really. Um, Even, like, a particular sort of food or something. Some people have that. Like, I don't know if you know Hannah Duffy at Harlequins. When she was at Saracens, she used to have, I think, a squares bar, one or two squares bars, and she had to have that before every game. Something like, something ridiculous like that. So some girls do have those sorts of rituals. I try not to just because I just think that one day I won't have it and I'll panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't, I can't, um, can't blame you for that. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, my last question is to finish off this fantastic interview um, is uh, obviously we mentioned about your age, we're, we're 24 at the moment, um, you know, many, many years ahead of you. Um, what is that one thing you'd love to achieve next in your career? I think playing at this level, like everyone has international honours in the back of their head. Um, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't want that, you know, it'd be, it would be incredible to achieve that one day. Um, I'm in no rush to try and, it's not like I'm trying to do that right now. I just, at the moment, I just want to be performing for WASPs and, and getting the best out of my own development. Um, but if there was an international honour coming at some point, that would be amazing. Um, yeah awesome awesome um well Ellie, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show today it really is um it's been lovely chatting to you tonight um thank you so much for your time uh really appreciate it um we'd love to have you back on again uh, <laughs> yeah definitely um and um definitely be be quite interesting to have yourself and kate and claudia and all the other uh wasp girls on a call together i think that'd be brilliant yeah um, okay. <laughs> so, let's see how we are after a few games whether things are going to plan or not how upbeat we are <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i was about to say next yeah yeah <laughs> um but no i mean tonight it was just um was just brilliant just to have you on um and uh no very, thank very you very much and and it does have different questions and things as well and um and to chat to you about rugby so yeah thank you for having me well, it's, it's a pleasure. No worries. Um, very, very best of luck to you and the girls for the for the next season coming up. Um, very exciting. Um, it'd be great to see some live streams of all the games each week. Um, yeah, fingers brilliant. crossed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see how it all pans out over the course of the, the six or seven months, roughly, it will be for. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll keep in touch. And um, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. No worries at all. Thank you. Have a good evening.